0: Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Grease, and it's showtime again on this beautiful global warming Saturday morning right here on AM Radio 11 at EWFYL. Folks, thanks for being with us today here in Southeast Pennsylvania to the Delaware Valley. Whether you live in Westchester or Philadelphia or Jenkintown or Bertie Oman or Reading, folks, it doesn't matter. You can live in Seattle, Washington. It doesn't matter. You can tune in to our show on AM Radio 11 FYl if you're going to the .com page you can click listen live and you're tuning in from wherever on planet earth that you can tune in you're listening to our show and you've been doing it because you know that we're the place for truth that comes at you at the speed of sound and you folks have been awesome to be with us so well for every Saturday morning and I'm just so thankful to have our listeners and uh, you folks have taken the time every Saturday to be with us and it is so appreciated. Uh today we're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on in the world with the Ukraine and what's going on in the world with with the you know the Middle East. And in politics in general, of course, we do talk politics on this show, but I gotta mention a little bit. I was interesting I was listening to uh Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, you know, he was he's one of those guys. He had a uh, I guess. There was some focus group or something at some—I uh, want to say maybe it was a might have been uh, some focus group he was at in a few years ago, and he was a guy that spoke out. And I remember listening to him. I saw a caption of him doing it, but but this is a guy that has—he's an entrepreneur. He's uh, he's owned businesses. Uh, he's made money. He's made. I've uh, 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 had a, a successful life. And and the man wants to wants to run for president. And look, I'm I'm a Trump guy. I like Trump. I mean, all of our listeners know I love Trump. I think Trump is uh America first. He invented America first, if you will. I think Reagan was America first, okay? But Reagan was more of a of a of a of a smooth uh diplomat, okay? Whereas Trump is not a diplomat, Trump is a um a businessman who says it like it is. And it's really interesting. I mean, you listen to the differences between Reagan and Trump. You know, Reagan was just polished. He was a polished politician. He 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 knew um how to speak to the public. He knew how to phrase uh political uh uh comments, if you will, or I want to say political attacks, but verbal attacks on political opponents. He knew how to structure it in a way that sounded polished and diplomatic. Okay, that's why that was Reagan. And very, very articulate, very much the conservative. Reagan was an awesome American, an awesome president. And uh, honestly, uh, you yeah, know, but but Trump is a businessman. Trump made his money in business and Trump uh, connected with a different group of people. Uh, they're both, I think, conservative, but I think Reagan was more of the traditional conservative. With traditional conservative principles whereas trump is more of a businessman that's a conservative based upon the fact that trump made his fortunes and trump uh, sees the radical uh the radical policies of the left and how they affect americans see trump sees that he trump's a conservative based upon uh, but he's an america first conservative and and so these based and he, I think his America first came out of the fact that he said there's some conservative like neocons they call them conservative activists, conservative principles, if you will that, that came out of I think, um, you know the, the 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 war movement the, the, the industrial military complex. <laughs> these are people that that want to uh, advocate for war because it's it profits somebody it's they're profiteers if you will on war and on violence and on disruptions and, and this is what I believe these industrial complex uh people do they they want to I don't want to say start war but they want to dabble into do aspects of foreign policy that will promote this 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 sort of uh business this industry okay so, Trump is against that. I'm not saying Reagan was or wasn't, but what's come out of the Republican Party is a sort of neocon establishment that wants to promote, you know, you know, profiteering from conflicts and and regional conflicts. And we call them wars because that's what they are. People die. But, you know, they're not quite... Nobody wants a world war, but they want to profiteer from this. So... That's what we have in, in the Republican and in the Democrat party too. There's people that profiteer on this, and and you know when you think about it, I mean, politicians in Washington and in Harrisburg are driven by lobbyists, and lobbyists are the advocates they dole out the money of the special interests, and so the special interests go to Congress and they talk to these congressmen in Congress that are that are running for re-election every year because every two years they have a, they have a re-election, so. They have one year where there's no election, then the next year is a re-election effort. So they have to line things up, get their donors lined up. So they're in perpetual mode of re-election. They're always in perpetual re-election mode. That's who these folks are. So what's what's interesting is that Trump is opposed to that. And therefore, there's almost like uh, Trump is more in favor of keeping us out of those conflicts and he doesn't care about the profiting because trump's investments are in business that makes money and that doesn't hurt american uh traditions and american interests anywhere trump's money is being made in real estate and aspects that promote the the jobs and welfare of people in this country trump has come out of that and and I know Reagan did too. Reagan was a great governor of California, and the reason I know Reagan was America first is because the liberals hate him so much. But whatever the case is, um, I you know I, I just think that Trump is an America first conservative, and there's a difference between them. For instance, uh, uh, John Bolton was one of those neocons, and, and Lindsey Graham's another one. I think John McCain was one when he was alive. And there's others that are in Congress today that are neocons. The people that were the neocons of the time, they they promoted these sort of the clashes within regions because it promotes this industry. And look, for lack of a better phrase, I don't understand why, but there must be a profit in it. And so these lobbyists that are that they're in Washington and Harrisburg and in most state capitals. They have an influence because they're forever helping these people run for re-election. That's what they do. So they have an interest in it, and they promote it, and they have the money. They throw it out there, and because of the way the the fundraising can go, they can actually they can actually raise a lot of money for that. So they see it as a, as a way to do it now, but they have a commitment to those special interests. Well, Trump isn't attached to that. See... Trump is not attached to that. So the Republican National Committee, there's many people, I think Rodham Daniels, one of them, who doesn't like Trump. They just don't want Trump. They, 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 they don't want somebody who's not attached to the, doning cl- the donor class. Because what it does is that donors don't have an interest in supporting candidates who will not oppose Trump's policies when it comes to their special interests. The political party means nothing to the donor class; their interests alone. America first means nothing to the donor class. It's their personal interests, it's their financial interests, it's the profiteering interests alone. So, when you look at—and this is why what Trump stands apart from, okay—and so this is what makes him different, and this is why people like Chris Christie can't stand him. So. So CNN's doing these interviews and they do these interviews that got this interview going on and you know, they're there, they do an interview and they've got uh, Chris Christie on there. And they talk about how Christie, I guess Trump said something about people uh, living like vermin he used the word vermin in a way that, well, well was portrayed as derogatory. And uh, I think people uh, were trying to portray him as as something now because of the way he used the word vermin I guess there was something to do with that I, I don't know the detail I did not hear I did not see the statement made nor did I hear what he said I only saw the interview and I'm responding to that The interview itself is something I thought was interesting So the interview itself which I thought was interesting on it Was the uh, you know they, they talked to Chris Christie And you know and, and he said that it was sort of Hitler-esque That Trump would speak like that and then they went, because again, Chris Christie doesn't like Trump. Well, why doesn't Chris Christie like Trump? Well, we do know from facts that Chris Christie applied for certain jobs. Okay, I don't know what jobs he applied for. It could be attorney general. I really don't know. But he applied for certain jobs in Trump's c- cabinet, and Trump did not hire him. So, sort of like, well, you know, like, why, uh, why, uh, you know, Trump's... Uh, You know why? why, You know why other people don't like Trump? Okay, you know you've got to you got to ask yourself. I mean, Chris Christie was offered a job, and now he didn't get the job. He doesn't like Trump. I mean, Billy Crystal. I mean, what was he offered? Why was was there some people that were offered a job that you know again that you know that you know he he was endeared to that didn't get a job or whatever. Trump's lack of commitment. Let me just put it this way: his lack of commitment to the donor class and and paybacks to the donor class for election wins that is i think what really upset a lot of people okay so i mean you know you wonder and again you, you look at it and you wonder okay and there's so, so many people out there that that had a resentment for trump for that i think willard romney was another one willard romney we know applied for a position we know that and willard romney didn't get the job or whatever i mean it was a big big de doo where trump had dinner with him in you know new york and all and it was there and they talked about it and but you know you you got to understand that there's something to be said of the fact that these people have a level of resentment towards trump i mean um i can remember talking to uh you know being our state committee we actually uh had uh, we we uh we were talking about pat toomey and how pat toomey uh failed to show support for trump on something and people asked me the question i said i don't know i said but i can suspect and suppose again it's my supposition okay that's all it is but i can't suppose that maybe somebody um that was connected to these folks so was not served well with trump's policies and so i think there's something to be said of that so we got to understand that that people that have an interest that don't get their interest satisfied immediately are going to hold something against Trump. So Trump has it has an issue linking to the middle class. I should say linking to the donor class. Trump does connect to the middle class very well, and Trump does connect to Americans that are pursuing happiness real well. It's, it's funny how Trump has a cross-party appeal. I mean, you could see Democrats that live in Muhlenberg that love Trump. I think that's interesting. I mean, Democrats that live in, you know, uh, you know, blue collar towns like Muhlenberg love Trump or Shillington. They love Trump, Bolton. They love Trump. Trump won precincts. Trump didn't win Wyoming missing in Berks County, because Wyoming missing is more of a donor class type Republican and and obviously the elitist Democrats that you know the that look down their noses, that look down their noses at the the uh, the unwashed, if you will, uh, Trump voters, okay, so there's something to be said of that, so there's a divide, there's a divide, a political divide, and it's no longer Republican and Democrat, it's, it's America first versus everybody else, and you can call it globalism, you can call it whatever, but there is a divide in this country, and it has to do with But it's not Republican Democrat anymore. That's why, I mean, honestly, folks, I see this in myself. I I understand that there's Republicans that don't like Trump, but I don't understand the why other than they're connected to some donor class or something that they just don't like the guy or, or they don't. Or their donors don't like him, and they've got to be careful what they say about it. However, it is. So, what you're dealing with is you're dealing with people that that have an axe to grind. I guess Trump, and this is where you're at. And so, you know, on this interview, and I want to get back again because it's coming back to the interview. So, CNN's doing an interview with Chris Christie, and and he says whatever the statement was and the, the term he used that he called it Hitler-esque, and I thought I think that's just so it's just so wicked for him to do that. I got to tell you. I, there's no reason for him to do that because i you know it's just i mean you can tell it, it's just really unfair okay that he would go there so they want to play it on these guys because they know there's a lot of resentment for trump so this is news to them so then they get vivek then they bring on uh then they bring on vivek Ramaswamy, and then they ask him the question and he makes the comment that you know he says well he says i i don't I didn't hear the statement. I don't know in what context it was used. He says so I don't want to comment on it. So he, like, kind of like what I'm telling you folks, I don't want to comment on either because I haven't heard it. Other than I think that Chris Christie is over the top with it, okay? Other than that, I think that there's a level of being over the top because he knows when he's only getting 1% of the Republican Party, he knows that he's not going anywhere in the primary. And so all he is is a sounding board for the never trump republicans The establishment, you know, the, the middle complex Republicans that want to support, you know, somebody else. So anyway, but so he has an ax to grind, but but Ramaswamy doesn't, and it was just a really good comment. And then he talks about the interview uh, and he, he gets into the whole thing about, because it was an interview on CNN, I guess, where the where the phrase was used or something. And then uh, he brings it up and he says, you know, he says, what I think is, is, is uh, he says, That your network he says you know you you highlight this like this is the issue there's so many things to talk about about what's going on in the middle east and about what's going on with the open borders and he got into it with uh with the cnn reporter about how these open borders are likely bringing in america's enemies i.e the terrorists that are hating us in the middle east right now are looking for a way to come across the border and bypass customs through the southern border because we have an open southern border so he's talking about this a little bit and you know the new the new risks and dangers that are out there but the cnn reporter missed all that this is where i'm going with this folks i have a level of resentment to the democrats and also to the media because how a cnn reporter is absolutely out there you know beyond reproach if you will of not asking the relevant questions on what really is relevant, what really is um, pertinent, okay, about what, you know, what's going on and what's occurring. So what we're seeing right now in the Middle East is we're seeing Turkey and Iran coalescing and making a, a, a an alliance, if you will, against Israel. That's happening. We've already heard Turkey say that they will declare war on on Israel, if, if things don't get under control quickly. So, this is what is going on right now. Now, again, getting back to what we're talking about, I think what's interesting on all of this is that the reporter didn't ask any of that. And then, of course, you have ISIS already threatening again with more attacks. So, ISIS is resurging its ugly head. You've got all of this happening right now in the Middle East. And you have people that are quite honestly oblivious to all of this in this country because the media is highlighting questions about some words that trump uses in description the descriptive phrases that trump uses to describe uh, i don't know homelessness or something or whatever it is he used the phrase for but i i think it's really pulling fact that we're, we're we're listening we're calling media we're calling people that are on the fake news were calling them experts when they're really fake experts because they're not highlighting the real risks right now what's going on right now folks the democrats supporting open border this open border folks is like a sieve for america's enemies spies that are in other countries whether they be intelligence agents that are coming in undetected or terrorists or gang members violent people coming over to do Americans harm in their neighborhoods. They're coming over the border. There's there's a concerted effort to infiltrate our country at the southern border because the southern border is more porous than the airports in LaGuardia, okay? The southern border literally is letting anybody over. They have a catch-and-release policy. These people are coming over. Folks, this is happening. So if you're a terrorist trying to get into this country, you're not going to come into the airports in New York or the airports in D.C. or the airports in L.A. You're going to come through the southern border. You're just going to come right across the border. You're going to parachute in somewhere into South, of, you know, into Mexico and you're going to get yourself into these caravans and, and, and assimilate there and, and, and kind of hide in with the background and, and sneak into this country. That's what these people are doing. This is the real danger that's happening right now. And the media and nobody's talking about it. And Ramaswamy kind of touched on it. I give the guy a lot of credit. But this, really folks, is the discussion. This is not about illegal immigration, although that's a problem. It's not about what to do with the millions of illegal immigrants that have come over Joe Biden's open border policy, although that is a problem. It's more about the fact that we have a problem because the media never talked about Joe Biden and Kamala and Harris's border policy. They never discussed how they were going to open this border and let these people in. They never discussed border policy with these candidates that were running for president and vice president in 2020. They allowed no comparison. To be made between Trump and Pence and Harris and, and Biden. They made, there was no comparisons. They did not allow these comparisons to be made, folks. Go back to the 2020 election. There were no comparisons made. The perspectives of open borders versus protected borders were not discussed in the news. What was discussed in the news is Trump's statements and words and trying to play trying to placate if you will or create a narrative based upon his use of certain adjectives labeling trump a hater of some group of people instead of identifying the real problems that trump was trying to talk about and address so as trump was trying to talk about the issues they were talking about trump's personality and it really became a problem. And I, folks, I'm, I'm here to tell you, we have an open order today because the, Ameri- because the America First media was dead. It was not alive in 2020. We have an open order today because we have a media that did not call out and did not call these questions to be answered, these perspectives to be flushed out. This is what I, as an American, am a i'm appalled by this is what i as an american am concerned by even today as they're talking to vivek brahmaswamy about about some words that trump used and try and trump, as he said look i didn't hear it i don't know what it is but let me tell you what i feel about open policies and what's going on right now in the homelessness problem let me help let me help you with my perspective but they didn't want that so chris christie on the other hand didn't come into perspective he He allowed the narrative to be discussed. Well, why would he do that? Because Chris Christie has no chance of winning the Republican primary. His point, his purpose for being there is to try to defeat Trump. Chris Christie has an interest somewhere linked to some interest that is not Democrat or Republican. It's just not America first. It's not Democrat or Republican and it's not America first. It's Chris Christie first. Chris Christie is interested in Chris Christie first policies. Willard Romney is interested in Willard Romney first policies. We have governors of this country. Gavin Newsom in California is interested in Gavin, Gavin Newsom first policies. It just so happens these people are in the Democrat Party. It just so happens that a couple of these people are in the Republican Party. But make no mistake about it. They're not America first. They're Gavin Newsom first. They're Joe Biden first. They're Communist Harris first. These are their policies, folks. Their first policies for them and their interests. Pat Toomey first. Why did Pat Toomey not support Trump? Because he preferred his Pat Toomey first policies. You see, this is where I have it as breaking with with, with a lot of this. This is not Republican versus Democrat. This This is America first versus somebody, some special interest first. And these special interest first people back these congressional candidates and these senatorial candidates and yes these presidential candidates for reasons of being that they want to defeat america first america first is an ideal they want to defeat they want to kill it they want to knock it out they can't do it because trump's the guy i mean these 97 indictments which is more indictments than than you know than than you know than 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 john dillinger got okay i mean these 97 indictments aren't, aren't aren't an effort to put Trump in jail. these are indictments are an effort to seek America first. you see the, they're not seeking Trump they're trying to seek America first Don't mess that and this is we because America understand Trump says it like this Trump says they're not after they're not they're not coming after me they're coming after you America first they're coming after you. And they're just going through me to get to you they're going through trump kill america first folks this is it and this is why we can sit here and and again these politicians so cnn's on there they got these experts they're doing these interviews and trump 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 basically tears it apart because they can't they don't know what to do with it he he knows how to do this the best see this is the time for a guy like Trump. See, it's it's funny. I uh, somebody make a comment, but how great Reagan was. Now, folks, you know I was a Democrat in the early '80s, and I'm going to confess now, I didn't vote for Reagan in '84. So, you know, I I didn't because I was a Democrat, and I didn't understand at the time, but but I do now, and I I basically switched parties in '88, and things changed in my life, and. God changed a lot in my life, and I think a lot of what I, of of the changes came because of my principles and values changed when my faith under when I understood my faith, and I understood what what right or wrong was, and it was no longer up to the individual; it's up to what is right and what is wrong, and whether or not I believe in that right or wrong. And we don't break our we don't break God's laws; we break ourselves on them. Okay, so if, if the bottom line is I became a Republican because I was a family first person and parental rights person. And I realized that these were a little bit against that. And I saw that with the Democrats in South Florida when I was living in Florida at the time. The Democrats were against letting parents know whether their teenage daughter was wanted to have an abortion. And these Democrats in Florida, were, were they were in favor of protecting that information from the parents or keeping it. And I was telling my neighbor at the time, and and this person didn't believe me when I told him. I mean, make no mistake. I mean, I mean the Florida, you know, Family Services. I mean, they they would interfere. They they would keep that from a family, and he didn't believe it. Well, later he, I'm sure he later found out as our lives progressed, and these people are now understanding. But but these are things that motivated me. But. But Reagan was, he was, as I stated earlier in the show, he was a, uh, you know, he was a polished, you know, he was a polished diplomat, okay? And he spoke like that. He eloquently spoke. He he spoke very eloquently. You look back to Reagan's speeches, an extremely elegant, eloquent speaker, uh, whereas Trump is not. Trump is more like he's talking to somebody at a on, a on a job site, you know, on a building site or something. Trump will go there and he can talk to the bricklayer like he can talk to the, to the attorney. I mean, Trump, Trump can talk to somebody who's laying bricks or laying asphalt the same way and he can connect with that guy just like he can connect with the, you know, the multi-million dollar investor. That's what makes, that's the huge difference is Trump really does connect with these people. Republicans for years did not connect with blue collar workers. And then in comes Trump and Trump does. Trump has really and truly expanded the Republican Party and people like Chris Christie resent that because it's never been about the party for Chris Christie. It's been about Chris Christie to Chris Christie. It's never been about the party to these, to these Republicans who, 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 who compromise and, and give in to these Democrats to, to manage the majority. I think Mitch McConnell's another one. I mean, it's all about Mitch McConnell, not about America first. And look, the Democrats are the same way. It's not all about America first. It's about Chuck Hugh Schumer. The difference is, though, the Democrats are more united around the Democrat Party and the Democrat perspectives and the Democrat ideals, which really aren't ideals. It's more of an oxymoron. The Democrat destructive plan that they have in this country and the traditions of this country, they're coalescing around that as their religion. It's a religion to these people. And so, you know, I mean, guys like that, they, they don't like them. You know and and they 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 just don't like america first it's you know i call it communism i call it uh you know uh you know i mean socialism communism america last china first but it really is themselves first and the the you know that they they maybe believe there's something there for them for their ideal i mean maybe maybe they think that if we go back to the stone age and don't use so much airspray or whatever it is that's killing the ozone and killing the atmosphere. Then maybe we'll be a better planet. I, I don't know if they really believe this. I feel sorry for people that believe in global warming. I feel sorry for people that actually believe the polar caps are melting. I mean, I, I've asked people to please convince me because maybe I'm wrong, but no one's ever, fi- ever no one's ever successfully convinced me of it. As a matter of fact. One has so adamantly opposed that global warming. I chuckle about it as I introduce our shows, like "You Beautiful Global Warming Saturday." But I don't believe in global warming. I say that more tongue in cheek to our listeners. I I believe global warming is a farce that was created to promote an industry. I believe it's people preying an industry that's been created on the preying on the fears of people instead of the best the best interests of people. I think it's an industry that was developed to to prey on the fears, to develop, to profit from the fears of people, not profit from how the industry improves the lives of people. Instead of improving the lives of people, they're trying to build on the fears and profit from fears. This is really what I think global warming is and what makes it evil. And why, why I, I mean, any industry that doesn't improve the lives of people is, is I think, preying on their fears and trying to profit on the fears of people. And I think that's what global warming is. I also think that's why the where, where I think the wars are today in the military industrial complex, uh, you're seeing this right now, are the fears of people to protect our democracy. Well, there is no democracy here to protect folks, it's a republic. And every time they say it, I wince because we have nobody in the media calling that out. We don't even have Republicans calling it I find that amazing. But they're talking about the Ukraine being uh, the war that we have to fight to protect democracy. So they're actually saying that Ukraine is the bastion of democrat, democracy on the planet. We have to preserve it. You hear it? You hear Mitch McConnell say it? You hear everybody? We have to fund the Ukrainian war because we're we it's the last bastion for democracy. We cannot let the socialist Russians take it over. Can't let it happen. No, we need a satellite country there with missiles pointed at moscow that's going to make this world safer they want a cuban missile crisis in the ukraine well, for the same reason that we didn't want cuba to have missiles in 1962 it's the same reason the russians don't want the ukraine to have missiles in 2023 the same reason folks so let's not have a double standard here i understand why they are concerned about having a puppet regime in the ukraine we don't have an interest in it other than having um, uh, an arsenal of weaponry over there that's pointed at Moscow. Well, folks, we need better diplomacy. That's what we need. We don't need another Ukrainian or Cuban missile crisis. We need to end the killing. Ukraine's already lost. I mean, right now, some of the soldiers, the Ukrainians are losing. It. I should add, it's just the battlefield the Russians are putting out there. They're 15-year-old kids. The Russian Ukrainians don't have any more soldiers to fight with. Literally. The war is over. We need to stop the killing. Look, this is what you're not hearing in the news. Instead, you're hearing the bastion of democracy needs to be protected. And, folks, I'll tell you this. I'll say this, and our listeners I know agree with me. Okay? I mean, the guy that president, okay, the, per- the president of the Ukraine, Zelensky, has canceled all elections until he sees fit. So, yes, we're protecting the bastion of democracy for a guy who has now canceled democratic elections. Talk about crazy. This is the world we live in. Okay, this is what it is. He doesn't want to lose power. This is all about protecting his power. And you know, the money that we're putting out there right now into the Ukraine is funding their bureaucracy that's but that's managing their war effort if you will you're paying their staffers and the other people in in kiev that are basically uh you know saddling this war you're paying overhead because they have no but they have no war machine to fight with anymore so in this to reality in the ukraine so we need to understand and, and so we got to ask well, why is this not in the best interest of this country why is this seems that this is in the best interest of profiteers from the military industrial complex? And where is the, anybody in the media calling this out? What industries are profiting from this right now? You see, it's the same thing with the COVID vaccination. What industries profit from the COVID vaccination? And where, where is money invested in those pharmaceutical companies? I mean, no one wants to talk about Pfizer in the first quarter, I believe, in 2021. Or was it 2022? The first quarter of 2022. The first quarter, I believe, of 2022. Pfizer's profit was $46 billion with a B. That's profit. Now, let me explain that, folks, for the people that may be tuning in that think it's income. It's not. Profit is what you get left over after the expenses have been taken out of whatever profit was made from the sales. So, The income is the total sales. The cost of sales is the difference between the income that was taken in and the cost to produce that income. That is the gross profit. Okay? Well, the net profit is all the expenses that all the personnel costs and other building costs and other distribution costs and everything else that comes out of the gross profit. So the the, the income produced from all of these millions and hundreds of millions of vaccinations, the income that was produced is offset by the cost to produce those those vaccinations. That's the cost of sales, the rest is gross profit and from the gross profit you pay your actually hard, you pay your actual hard bills that are associated with the business end of it. So the net profit is what's left over and when you have when you have 46 billion with a b of net profit which is the which is more money than the gdp the gross national the, the the gross domestic product the gdp of probably about 100 countries in this planet okay that is very impressive so pfizer's gross profit in one quarter was greater than the gdp of likely 50 to 100 countries in this planet certainly why don't we just say, for conservative sake, twenty-five to fifty countries? Okay, I don't have those numbers in front of me. I used to know all that, but most countries have a gross domestic product of under five hundred billion dollars. Most countries, and I think if you take some of the like the the fifty uh, smallest countries in the world, their gross domestic product is certainly under a hundred billion dollars. And I think when you have Uh, A gross profit of one quarter being $46 that's certainly comparable to what some of the gross domestic product is of these countries. Maybe not for a whole year. So maybe it's not for the 50 countries on this planet for a whole year, but maybe like for a quarter. (laughs) Why don't we just say their quarterly profit was more than the quarterly production of these countries? Why don't we just say that? I think that's a better, more fair statement to say in in comparison. So the bottom line is, folks, what's in it for them? It's it's that's what's in it for them. What's in it for Americans? Well, why are we promoting vaccinations now when there's treatments for COVID? Why are we still promoting vaccinations for it? I mean, D3 is now a treatment being used. And there are some other pharmaceutical treatments that were developed. But D3, folks, was is now a treatment, officially a treatment for COVID. Yes, folks, that goes to people. Isn't it amazing? So let's just cut the comedy, okay? Why are we still doing a vaccination? And why is the CDC still promoting it for anybody over six months old? And why have countries like Switzerland and, yes, the United Kingdom, why have they basically say we're not recommending any vaccination for anybody under 65? So why are they having a policy that totally is different than our policy? Well, again, where 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 are the donors of the donor class where is all of this that's what i'm curious to understand and i think it's just interesting that we have to understand again the the the, the perspective this is why i'm bringing this out because the people in the media did not allow this perspective they're not allowing this perspective out the discussion you're hearing today on why we have a war being still funded in Ukraine, I'm not sure you got this from too many places on mainstream media. Now I'm going to say, to, I'm going to be safe to say that I don't think you're getting it on anywhere, but maybe an occasional show on Newsmax or Fox News. But I don't think you're getting it anywhere else. I don't think this this war in Ukraine is not good for America, folks. It isn't, and it's certainly not good for our business. It is good for some industry, but not for most, and it's certainly not good for the For unemployment, it's not good for the for the cost of inflation that's going up and whatnot. It's certainly not it's not good for the safety of our planet. And when you think about what could happen in a regional war over there in the Middle East right now, is even more scary because we're approaching this, we're approaching this Middle East situation like we would be doing right now in nineteen ninety, like these countries that are over there are still afraid of our military might. Well, they're not afraid. They just respect. And, and I think there's a difference between respect and fear. And I do believe that if they can get enough people on their side, like Turkey can put together an army of about 2 million soldiers, they can do that in a matter of a couple of months, Turkey will fight to the bitter end. And, and with an ally with, with Iran, between Turkey and Iran, you have almost 200 million people. Where they can probably as- assemble probably three or four million soldiers we know this okay so this is a reality so this is where i think we are now and and we also have these countries and again they don't respect our foreign policy makers at all so they're not shaking the hands of our president they're not returning phone calls they're certainly not meeting people at the airport when Winkin, blinking, and Nod went to some airport in Ankara, I think it was, or he landed over there to meet with Turkish leaders. The Turkish uh, leadership did not meet him. They said some low-level staffer, I guess, that runs out for the so I'm saying that kind of sarcastically. Not sure who it was that met Blinken, but it wasn't one of their top-level officials. I kind of said that tongue-in-cheek that it said, they said the guy that runs out for the morning coffee. I, I don't know. Look, folks. It, it does come down to we've lost that respect we don't have that anymore and in this country we're getting tired of it but it's becoming an issue politically and this is not on the news so here we are again cnn doing interviews with Vivek vivekma swami talking about some terms that trump used trying to paint it as some derogatory terminology that is using here we are facing this global crisis and instead of talking about all the, yes, and all the problems that can result from the global crisis, and then instead of talking about that, we're instead um, addressing you know terminology that Trump decides to use. I think that's interesting. So we're we're addressing that instead of addressing the, the real problems, and so Americans are missing the perspective. See, Americans would respond to information that was brought to them correctly it's sort of like this let me let me give it to you like this americans are let's look at it like this let's look at it as a student teacher relationship a student learns in school when they're in front of the teacher and the lessons are there the student understands they're there to learn you know the good students or even an average student understands they go to school to learn, so they're there to learn. So they go to the classes, they go to school to learn. The teachers are there to teach, and so the teachers are there, you know, used to be there to teach. So the lessons are there, and they, they bring the lessons to the students. The students then learn, they, they practice, and they, they hear, and they, they put the pencil to the paper, they apply themselves, they're tested, they're quizzed. They're they're instructed through homework exercises as well as classroom exercises and delivery styles and delivery methods and so forth of the curriculum, all of which is there to instill wisdom and knowledge into the student's head. Now, the news media is there to inform Americans, to teach Americans, and to inform Americans. The news media used to be the place where they educated Americans on the happenings around the world and how they affected Americans in their lives. The news media used to be there to talk about, you know, crime and the effect of crime on the poor victims. And they would report crime with the notion, they would report it in the, in the context of the poor victim, this is what happened, these, these dastardly criminals or these bad people, these bad actors came in and did this, this bad deed and here are the victims and this is what the deed was. And they talked about the crimes and how they affected the, uh, the lives of the innocent you see this is to help americans understand that crime is real and that yes this is happening these poor innocent people were victims of it it's a reporting and that perspective then comes to the americans that watch it and understand that people suffered at the hands of others and so they understand that well it still it comes down to the same thing like when you talk about electric cars okay we're talking about electric cars and we have to understand with the electric cars and how the electric cars affect the lives of people. So how do electric cars and how are they going to improve the lives of America? How are electric cars going to improve the lives of people in America? This is what Americans need to know. And this is what they're not getting. They're not getting that 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 perspective. They're being withheld the information as how electric cars will adversely affect the lives of people. The limited driving, the, the length of time it takes to get a car prepared for the road in which, you know, that needs to be prepared for a drive. It needs to be charged. How long does it take to charge it? All of these things are out there. So those perspectives are not put out there. They're instead being sold the sizzle of the electric car, the newness of it, and, and, and all of that. And that's what they're being sold. So the news media is literally being used to promote an industry instead of promoting information to, for Americans to gain a perspective on how electric cars will not benefit, or maybe how they will benefit. We're not getting that perspective, folks. Well, it's the same thing on the open border. News media is not out there. They're not holding these politicians accountable for explaining how open borders, okay, how they're adversely affecting this country. How do open borders adversely affect us? okay and they're not being told this instead they're being denied the information they're being denied the perspective they're being denied that the truth that open borders even exist or i mean we got a, the media right now is covering up the open borders they're busy trying to say well it's really not an open border we have an illegal immigration problem that's out being solved because now we have you know 18 million illegal immigrants in this country now we're gonna have to figure it out So what they're going to do, and they're preparing for these statements, you're going to hear them. You're going to hear these perspectives. And what they're going to do is they're basically going to put this out there by saying something like, okay, well, you know, the perspective is, uh, you know, what are we going to do? what, What humane policy and public policy can we come up with so these poor people can have a home? And where are they going to, what's going to happen to these people? And, you know, and all, instead of talking about the fact that some of these people coming over are not, okay, here to improve their lives. They're not here to become Americans and live a great life. They're here to start trouble. They're here to bring their, their craft, their trade that they took up in this country that they were in. So what's happening is that they're, they're you're seeing this now, and I think what we have to understand is that what trade were they practicing in the country to, of their origin? Well, many of them were criminals. They were lawbreakers. And so they're coming here for the, because this is like the Wild West to them. They can come here and expand their criminal enterprise. This is what they see. And so they're coming here. And so there are some of that. You also have people coming over to actually do harm. There could be terrorists coming over. There likely is terrorists coming over. We have terrorists from the Middle East that are looking to do harm to America because of America's support for Israel. This is what's happening. We know this. The death to America crowd is trying to get into this country and they have an easier time getting in here through the, you know, through the southern border, the poorest southern border than they do through the airports in our big cities. So what they do is they end up going in through Mexico through a different country. They travel into some country and then they get land, ground transportation into Mexico and then ground transportation through Mexico and they basically are getting into these countries, okay? We're depending on the immigration officials in these other countries to find out who the terrorists are instead of our own immigration officials, and it's really kind of a bad situation. This open border, folks, is really bad. There's a lot of bad ramifications to America first, but also to our neighborhoods and our own safety, and none of this is getting out there at all okay so these are the things that so we, we america first it all comes back to the public policy we talked about at the beginning of the show the america first policies are what's best for america the the days of old it used to be public policy was democrat or republican and they were based upon party platforms today those platforms are still structured but make no mistake about it um this platform i believe this republican platform at this convention will be america first and if this is what i think gets the mitch mcconnell's and the willard romney's and you know the pat toomey's and all and the chris christie's they don't like they just don't like the fact that you know that it doesn't benefit them or their donors and so the donor class which controls these politicians say it doesn't affect me well our donor class well therefore we want you where, where basically the strings that we attaching to the money that we're donating to your campaign those strings are going to be pulled for you to stand against those policies that is what it is and this is why trump did not connect well with these people the strings that are being pulled for the donations to those campaigns are being pulled to oppose these policies that benefit America first, that do not benefit, that do not benefit that donor class. So this is where it comes back to what I was telling you before. Anyone who is a Trump-hating Republican, the never-Trumpers, whatever the name, the person of the name, the name of the person is, whatever the name of the politician is, whether it's Chris Christie or whether it's Willard Romney or otherwise known as Mitt Romney, that's his name, folks. Willard is his name. I'm not calling him Willard the Rat. I mean, uh. I mean, uh, uh, as a joke, I mean, I am saying it is kind of like ironic that his name is really Willard Romney and the Willard the Rat was Willard. The movie was uh, The King of Rats in the 1970 movie that came out. Uh, But anyway, his, his name was Willard. So his name was Willard. That's his name. So I'm calling Willard the Rat. But all these people, they have their, they're not, they're not never Trumpers. They are Willard Romney first politicians. They are, you know, john mccain first politicians i mean although he's passed away i mean but other like lindsey graham first politicians uh, i mean it, it's what's in it the, the, the mitch mcconnell first politicians it's them it's their they their their interests are the interests of their donor class so when i say you know mitch mcconnell first it's because what's first to mitch mcconnell is donor money okay it's it's the donor money and i want to say this as well So many of these people go to Washington. Now, again, I mean, the Democrats are just as guilty of this. It's the -er never-Trump-or-Republicans I'm talking about. Now, most Republicans in the Republican Party, most of us, are America first. Because the donor class does not control the mass Republican voters. They don't control them anymore. They used to. They would say the right things in campaigns, and they would hope that they'd get the support of these rascally, the unwashed, if you will, the mouth-breathing Republican Party that, you know, really was always America first. It was always there. Trump just kind of, you know, kind of bred life to it. But it was always there. You know, we always supported the policy, the, the, the policy statements of these Republicans. The reason the Republicans would make the statements and not follow through on the promises was because the, they would make the statements to win the reelections, elections but they wouldn't follow through on the promises made because their class, the donor class, which control them, they prevented them from following through on those policies. That, my friends, is the truth you can bake on in Denver. That's why why John Donald J. Trump is not supported by these people, and that's why guys like Chris Christie will come out there and make those statements, because he doesn't have an interest in Republicans winning. He has an interest in Chris Christie profiting, okay? And, And don't miss this, folks, and others are just like it. So, to try to put a To try to repackage this for you the america first is what's in it what's best for americans in america uh what's you know not america first is everything else which is donor class first which makes it specific to the donors that give to the specific politicians that benefit from those donors so those those specific politicians become them first based on the donors that support them. So, folks, we have to leave it there, but I want to thank all of our listeners for being with us today on this beautiful, global warming Saturday, right here on the AM radio, 11AWFYL. See you next week on The Point. Tune in later today for our show on watch. we got a great show lined up. But see you next week, folks, on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.